This is the Janine Pirro Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Pirro. Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. Joining us now is a political consultant, a pollster. Uh, she served, of course, as senior counselor to President Donald Trump. Uh, she today is the founder of a polling company, Women Trend, a business she's had for 21 years. And, and now she runs KA Consulting, LLC. Uh, you all know Kellyanne Conway. She's also uh, with Fox now. She's a Fox News contributor, we're thrilled to say. Uh, but I don't want to waste time t- telling you about Kellyanne. I mean, if you don't know about her, then <laughs> uh, I think you've been under a rock for the last few years. I mean, she had a great book. It's still in my library, Kellyanne. It's called Here's the Deal. She takes you on the journey through the White House and beyond with her trademark, sharp wit, raw honesty, and straight eye. So, all right, Kellyanne, welcome to the show. Let's let's jump right into it. Uh, you know, this weekend it's it's Sunday, but this weekend, uh, the CPAC was alive and well, and Donald Trump was there, and some of the presidential candidates went there. I know that uh, Nikki Haley went there. Uh, Ron DeSantis, of course, who's not announced, uh, didn't go there, but I believe Mike Pompeo went. I could be wrong about that. Tell us what you think about CPAC and and what's going on there. Janine, thanks to you and your listeners for having me today. So CPAC really has been the Grand Central Station, the heartbeat of the conservative movement for a long time. They had a a lower attendance this year, but no less enthusiasm for what I would say is to get rid of Joe Biden and the Democrats, who really in a very short time have reversed many of the great policies of the Trump-Pence administration and, frankly, are ruining ruining America everywhere you look, particularly Mm -hmm. rising crime, rising costs. And the complete vexing and perplexing of our kids in these school systems. So I'm happy that voters are so engaged. They're already paying attention to the 2024 field. I hope they'll take a moment in 2023 and focus on some of the big races that are happening this year that are a test for these radical liberal policies. The most important election in recent memory happened in Chicago just this week. Oh, yes, it did. (laughs) And by the way, Kellyanne, Kellyanne Conway, I've got to interrupt you. You predicted that she would lose Kellyanne uh, long before the election. I did just because voters have had enough and they're telling pollsters that every single day, this woman, the sitting Democrat uh, the mayor of Chicago, Janine, with all the symbolism, I'm the first lesbian, I'm a, the first woman, first woman of color. People are saying, I want substance over symbolism. I think that's great, perhaps, but I need results. And that was a competent election. 83%, 83% of the voters voted against the sitting mayor. Hasn't happened in decades. And I think it's significant because it should warn all the Democrats who share her ideology and are looking the other way when people fear, feel fearful and frustrated about all of these issues that are, are burgeoning. So I say this because let's not miss 2023 and all the opportunities that the center-right movement has and these Republican presidential candidates have to animate and engage the public. Look, it's cheap and easy to enrage the public. Our goal is to engage the public, and you do that through policy. You do that through saying to people, believe your own two eyes, believe what you see, not what the other side says. So you saw CPAC, President uh, Trump spoke. Obviously, he was the headliner. Uh, Secretary Pompeo, uh, Nikki Haley spoke. I think a few others, Vivek Ramaswamy, who's running, spoke. 
And um, I think Nikki made some unfortunate news by reading from a laminated binder and saying that there's a pandemic. The worst pandemic is woke, really suggesting that woke is worse than COVID, which, of course, killed 20 million people. She may have been trying to grab a couple of headlines, but it had obviously been vetted and placed in her binder. I don't think I don't think things like that and competency tests are going to decide the presidential outcome. Mm-hmm. Janine, our, the Republican Party should not go for age or competency to test, or race or gender, frankly, to pick the nominee. The nominee should be the person who has the best economic plan, energy independence, uh, foreign policy, national security, border security, everyday affordability, and fairness. You know what I hear from voters? Fairness. The left talks about equity. That's equal outcomes. We talk about fairness, equal opportunity. Well, you know, Kellyanne Conway, the truth is that that her loss was a win for the people of Chicago. Her politics damaged Chicago. Uh, and and the crime went up something like 160 percent, murders up 60 percent. I mean, a motor vehicle theft, 270 percent, Kellyanne. But, you know, if we don't as Americans, and I love the statement you made, it's cheap and easy to enrage the public, but you've got to engage the public. You know, people have to understand that violent crime and the increase in crime, it's not just something that happens. It's something that can be controlled. And what we're seeing with some of these, you know, woke, DAs uh, and even George Gascon in L.A., Kellyanne, I mean, he they tried to remove him and recall him and it didn't work. I mean, it worked for Chesa Boudin, but it didn't work for him. But I want to go back to um, Vivek Ramaswamy. Now, you know, nobody he's never run for office before. He's worth seven hundred million dollars. I mean, he's got some good ideas. He's an interesting guy. What do you think of him? He is a good guy, and I'm glad he's running as a Republican. I think that alone is important, that he's saying, look, I'm, I'm a great example of the American dream without affirmative action, without uh, hand-ups and handouts. And he's got a very um, significant agenda that thinks we should do away with uh, a lot of the woke agenda. He's, he's made his bones that way politically, do away with what he, would, what he regards as the corrosive effects of diversity, equity, inclusion for the sake of diversity, equity, inclusion, not not actually helping people. So those are his words. I'm glad he's Republican. I'm glad he went to CPAC, and I'm glad he's on TV often. Uh, I hope I hope the end result of his campaign is not what so many of these unsuccessful campaigns are, which is a full employment act for unimaginative consultants. Uh, there's too many of them. I call mm-hmm. it staff infection. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. I'm not jealous of a single one of them, Janine. I mean, for you or me to be jealous of anyone at this point would be foolish. Here we are. In the, <laughs> hey, Don Lemon. Yeah. We're in the prime of our lives, the two of us. So oh, yeah. Where but, is he? Uh, the, but, point, the... the point being, yes, right. But the point being is that um, I hope he does get his message out there. And eventually, if he's not the Republican nominee, that he continues to have a voice to reach uh, reach new audiences. Uh, c- contrast the the growing Republican field of presidential candidates, which right now officially is only Donald Trump, Nikki Haley, and Vivek Ramaswamy. The other side, the Democrats, are stuck with the old white liberal straight guy who's been in Washington for over 50 years. The party that exudes youth and energy in the future has no such thing. The closest thing they have to that on paper is the vice president, Kamala Harris, who's shed 22 senior staffers from her office. She's turned these dream jobs in the White House into a nightmare and whom everybody in the Democratic Party is afraid of. They're afraid when she speaks. They're afraid when she cackles. They're afraid when they send her to represent the country, this country abroad. And if she were remotely competent, if Kamala Harris were a remotely competent VP, oh, yeah. I believe, Janine, they'd be able to give Joe Biden the hook and tell him, look, you've had a great career. You finally became president. You got rid of Donald Trump. 
and this will be your swan song. You will get credit for elevating and electing the first female pre- president, first female president of color. They can't do that because everyone knows Kamala Harris just doesn't have it. Well, you know what's amazing about a Kellyanne Conway is that behind the scenes, the Democrats, uh, a House Democrat says that literally hundreds in Congress who don't want Biden for 2024, but they're literally biting their tongue. They won't say a word. Um, and then you've got her who is, you know, it's such a shame, Kellyanne, because you and I came up, you know, we fought and scrapped our way to the top. Nobody helped us. Nobody gave us a hand up. You know, you had to get out there and prove yourself. Okay, and here's this woman who gets in because of identity politics. I mean, let's let's be straight about this. I mean, she didn't get 1% of the vote. She didn't even go through the whole uh, uh, presidential primary. She dropped out. Uh, and then she has this opportunity, Kellyanne, a woman who's smart, who can take on the issue. Issues. Take on fentanyl. Take on some of this woke nonsense. Take on crime. You're a former DA. But no, she is she is just not engaged. I mean, the woman is like you look at her and say, what is this woman doing? And so what we've got is Joe Biden and then Kamala and then Pete Buttigieg, transportation secretary. What a disaster he is. And now the FAA uh, secretary, who's up, uh, uh, I believe he's before the Senate. This guy doesn't know anything about the FAA. What's with this identity politics? They're destroying America. Yes, and it, it's really a shame because people want competence and they don't really care about the identity of the person as long as they're competent. Listen, we can all celebrate the first this and the first that. Those are great things that we're living through that in America. I, I'm happy that the that the country elected the first African-American president, Barack Obama, but sure. I'm against all his policies. I, I can feel great about that and discuss it with my four children, all now teenagers, Shanine, but I don't need to vote for him and all of his nonsense policies. But that's not the point. Somebody's going to get hurt. Because the FAA administrator is the best example that you could possibly raise. People who are listening to your great show, Judge Janine, they should pull up the clips of this man this mm-hmm. week in front of the Senate. It was painful to mm-hmm. watch him say, I don't know, Senator, I don't have the answer to that. When he's being asked questions that are within his purview, he's a Senate-confirmed administrator who's being asked about air travel. Is it safe? Is it smooth? What can we do to improve it? And, you know, we've got a secretary of transportation and Pete Buttigieg. No one looked at him in East Palestine in that hard hat and that that vest and said, there's a future commander in chief. And I think this is why we're stuck with Joe Biden. I think it's why the Democrats are stuck. Who is the bench? Where is the bench? But I have a, I have a warning to Republicans. Stop talking about the race on the Republican side being a referendum on Trump and DeSantis or on uh-huh. Donald Trump. Your focus needs to be on Joe Biden. He needs to eat and own all of his horrible policies. When I think of Joe Biden, I don't even think of his obvious mental and physical deficits. Janine, I don't think of the guy shaking hands with the air, although that's weird and shuffling around. I think of the guy who pulled out of Afghanistan with no plan, no rationale. I think of the guy who killed those those jobs on the pipelines on day one in this country out of spite. I think of the guy who's responsible for rising crime and rising costs, over 4 million people just walking over the southern border. I want people to think of that Joe Biden and his Democratic Party. You raised a good point about the Democrats in Congress. They don't want Biden, but they're biting their tongues. You know what else they're doing? They're voting for all of his nonsense. They don't want him, but they vote for all his nonsense. All Every single Democratic senator voted for the Inflation Reduction Act, all of them. Yep. That's right. uh, when I hear the Democrats have unity, we need unity. No, we do need unity, but they have unanimity. I don't want unanimity. I like competition. I like conflict within a party, within within the, the, the party family to suss Absolutely. out what the ideas are. Absolutely. They have unanimity. Hawk 
came Jeffries 15 consecutive times, got all 213 votes. That's not unity. That's unanimity. Not a single senator voted for Amy Coney Barrett's confirmation. The woman is brilliant. She embarrassed those senators at that Senate confirmation by being more gracious and more smart than they are. So I don't want unanimity, folks. I want unity. There's a big difference. Yeah, there's a huge difference. And and then this week we had an opportunity to see our attorney general, the attorney general, Merrick Garland, on the stand in front of the Senate. And I mean, this guy literally admits that the fentanyl at the border is something that's intentionally being done, but he's got no he's got no plan. He's he's just like, yeah, yeah, that's happening. We're probably responsible for it. And in the end, you know, he is one of the most embarrassing attorney generals I've ever seen. He's not talking about fentanyl and what happened. I mean, Joe Biden can laugh all he wants about the mother who lost two sons to fentanyl, which is, I mean, on the five, I went ballistic because, I mean, how can anyone smirk and laugh about that? And then, you know, we've got an attorney general who's in a position to make a difference. And he says, well, the fentanyl is being unleashed on purpose in the United States by the cartels. You know, at least Donald Trump, uh, in my understanding, was he wanted to do a strike against the cartels. I was in those meetings. I thought they were classified, but I've seen them in other people's books. <laughs> I will tell you, I was in the Oval Office, which is a skiff for those meetings with uh, Secretary Esper, uh, then at the Pentagon and, and Attorney General Barr, and the president was making excellent points about it. Look, Janine, President Trump and First Lady Melania Trump took on the drug crisis full square, and they broke the back of it. It was the one policy issue they worked on together. We had the first reduction in overdose deaths in this country, including fentanyl deaths, for the first time in 30 years. Last year, 2021 statistics, 107,000 deaths. You can fill up Met Stadium, City Field, and Yankee Stadium and still be looking for seats, 107,000 people. I know from DEA agents the 2022 numbers are going to be even worse. Well, he's not going to touch the drug 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 crisis. He's also not going to he's not going to touch the China thing because when when the Republicans kicked off their first hearing that select committee and the FBI hones in on the communist threat. I mean, the truth is um, the FBI director accused China of trying to thwart and obfuscate the COVID origin probe, and we're going to be speaking to. Uh, Dr. Mark Siegel about that. But it appears that, you know, the Biden administration is, I mean, they're cool with China. You know, whatever happens, happens. And this whole thing with the balloons and all that, he never even spoke to Xi Jinping. You know, General Austin's counterpart in, in China, in Beijing, didn't return his call. I mean, this this is lunacy. They are so in control and they know that we have a man who's not only weak, he's just he's not he's not engaged. No, he's not engaged at all. And if you ask him to be engaged, he laughs it off. He talks about ultra MAGA, Trump, Trump, Trump. Oh, yeah. This is not a serious presidency. You know, Janine, when when Joe Biden became the president, the number one thing, if you ask him, what's the best thing you can say about this, even if you didn't want the results? There were two things people cited. One was, here's a guy who's been in Washington for 50 years. He was mm-hmm. the vice president for eight years. He's been chairman of the a foreign relations committee, judiciary committee. He's got relationships across the aisle. He'll build respect around the globe, neither of which has been true. He's been mm-hmm. one of the most partisan presidents you can think of. He, his, this, his stuff gets passed on a party line vote. He attacks half of the country based on how they voted in 2020 and what they believe policy-wise. And we are not respected around the globe. He went. He he insisted that Putin was not going to invade Ukraine. He sent Kamala Harris to Poland, and she said Putin will not invade Ukraine. 
while Putin was invading Ukraine. Yeah. I mean, there is no respect for us around the globe. We have a nuclear-capable Iran salivating at our best friend Israel. We have these trade deals that have fallen apart. We obviously have, uh, well, Putin in Ukraine. I mean, Joe Biden seems to be in the White House every time Putin invades or annexes a sovereign nation. Mm-hmm. It happens when he's there. It's called causation, not coincidence. This yeah. is not a serious presidency. And if I were his wife, I'd say, let's go live out the rest of our years, however many there are. I hope there are 20 more, 40 more for them. God bless them. Let's go live out our lives in Delaware. But they're so craven. Look at what's happened with John Fetterman and his wife, Giselle. You have a craven spouse who doesn't show the love and respect to, to well, the other spouse. Kellyanne, what, what we yeah. saw with Jill Biden was she said, yeah, the president, you know, Joe's going to run. Yeah, yeah. And then he comes out. He said, oh, I heard my wife said I'm going to run. Well, you know, I have every intention. But I mean, it seems like she is more Kellyanne Conway. She is more interested, Jill Biden, in Joe running than Joe is. I mean, and she is the enabler. This guy should be relaxing and having a, you know, enjoying his beach house and cleaning out all the classified documents. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Now, there is a reason. There's a reason to go to Rehoboth. Yes. Yep. Yeah. But she is very different from any other first lady I've ever seen. Very, very, uh, you know, very much pushing the envelope on this. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. And, you know, Janine, it's um, I think voters are getting that. So if I hear one more time, Joe Biden had the best midterm election of a president in 60 yep. some years only because he was, by and large, not allowed to campaign. They really didn't let him go many places. Same thing with Kamala Harris. Kellyanne Conway, it's so great getting your wisdom on all these issues. Thanks so much for joining You're us the on the show. Thank you so much. You- Take Take care. care. All right. By the way, everyone, she is great and she is knowledgeable. And up next here on the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show, I will gavel out with my closing argument. It's all coming up here on the Red Apple Audio Network. This is the Judge Jeanine Show. 